Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We hit the association with Sharp Better, Alex Christensen coming up, pucks with Alex B. Smith, and another horse racing controversy comes to a close with Jim Miller. Good morning and welcome into Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. I'm on Twitter at Joe Ostrowski. Before we take a deep dive into the NBA, next Saturday, an important day in Illinois sports betting. In-person registration dies and remote registration will be here to stay. So that means you will not be forced to walk into a casino or a racetrack to sign up for the sports book of your choice in a week. If you're with me on a regular basis here on Early Odds or weekdays on BetQL Daily, you're probably sick of hearing me talking about it, but I'm going to do it once again. One of the few advantages you have as a better is to shop around for the best price. Betting is not easy, and it gives you a chance at possibly winning and maybe breaking even. Why not get 20x your bet? Instead of 10x the other night, everybody's going wild for DeRozan MVP tickets. DeRozan was 20 to 1 on points bet, other books 10 to 1. You've got to take the available 20 to 1 every single time. I'll take double the payout. That's just me. We'll get into it more next week, but uh, a day that I've been waiting for and I've been pounding the table again and again and again about, but uh, it's finally going to be here. And the college thing. I expect to have more details on that, betting the Illinois teams and how you can do it and when it's going to change for good. But uh, at least this is a big positive step for Illinois sports betting. Being able to sign up for any legal Illinois sports book from your phone. And uh, so more details throughout the week in my appearances on all the shows here on 670 The Score and on Twitter. Alice Christensen has to take a break from betting the first touchdown he loves doing that he's uh, terrific at it but he focuses in on tennis and the nba throughout the season you can follow him on twitter at underscore noops underscore noops he's got brown bag up bets that show is weekdays 10 30 to 11 a.m check that out and ace nba previews alex thanks for jumping on early odds on the score this morning my pleasure joe it's been a nice little break from the league for a week Thank God for tennis. No matter what happens, there's always tennis, which is good. But I am excited to get back into professional basketball. I mean, the all-star game 
say what you will. It was a little more fun than I expected it to be. And I'm just excited for the last like third or so of the season. And both of our teams are quite, quite relevant at, at a very high level right next to each other in the Eastern conference standings. But what really pops to me as we hit, we hit about the 20 game marks, 20 games left for each team. And we're used to trying to uh, see how teams are going to maneuver to find the most advantageous spot in the playoffs. While I don't love every aspect of the plan, I don't love that in the Western conference, we're probably going to see a team that's 10 games below 500 participating in that 10 seed. But what teams can't really do is plan things out. So normally you see teams gunning for that one spot, getting home court throughout. But are you going to do that if there's a decent chance that you're going to face Brooklyn in the first round? Or if you uh, let's not give all of our efforts, let's just take that three seed. Well, then you're going to have to deal with Boston or maybe Milwaukee or a Toronto team playing very well. So, so I think a couple of years in, the play-in tournament is doing exactly what the NBA intended. It has been really fun. It, it, what I've always liked about it is it creates a natural little break for some of the better teams. I think it's a real advantage for those top six to have a couple days to take a break, to prepare for those series. But like you said, last year, you know, everyone was concerned about the Lakers. Of course, I was really excited that the Lakers got to play the Suns because the Suns were underdogs and really kind of put one on the Lakers there. But this season, the team that lurks, like you said, the Brooklyn Nets, it's going to be really tough for them. You know, just about 20 games left in the season, still trying to integrate all these new pieces. But when you think about the top end, and again, there's a Brooklyn has a wide range of outcomes given the health of these players, given how little they've all played together. But if you can roll out some sort of lineup like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, and Ben Simmons, you have a lineup that has a ton of defensive versatility, three of the greatest shooters of all time, plus Kyrie Irving, who's pretty darn good himself at shooting the basketball. So I think that's really what's frightening here. I mean, if Brooklyn can get healthy here over the next couple of weeks, find some sort of a rhythm, they come into the playoffs as being a really scary team. And you look at the top, if you're a team like Miami or a team like Chicago, I don't know if you expect it, honestly, to be this high in the standings come this time of the year. So it'll be fascinating to see how things go. But I expect overall teams are just going to keep winning because, again, like you said, the uncertainty is wild. We don't know where everyone's going to be. So you might as well get as high up the standings as you can and make sure you have as many games at home as you can. Let's start with the Bulls in the East. Uh, the sports betting market with the adjusted win totals over the All-Star break was screaming Fade the Bulls down the stretch. You're not going to have Lonzo Ball for a bit. Same deal with Caruso. They've just taken on every challenge and excelled. DeMar DeRozan is playing at a level that absolutely nobody expected. Even the Bulls front office did not expect him to accomplish all this. Um, do you agree with that sentiment that maybe we should be fading the Bulls in the uh, remaining games of the regular season? I do. I think, like you mentioned, missing Lonzo Ball, mixing Caruso is going to be really tough. The schedule gets much harder here, and the East is a little bit deeper. I think for the first time in a long time, the East is probably the better of the two conferences. And you have teams like Milwaukee that are tightening up for the end of the season. Boston is starting to peak right now. Again, the Nets are starting to put it together. The Sixers are going to be adding James Harden here. So the rest of the Eastern Conference gets a little better. The Bulls are still struggling with injury. I think you look maybe at that regular season win total under here. Um, but I'm still excited to see what this team looks like. I really hope they can get healthy. I haven't backed them in the futures market yet, but 
I'm kind of optimistic that we might get a nice price against them, you know, against a team maybe like Brooklyn or Toronto that does well, maybe in a play-in series or Atlanta, and you might get a cheap price in the Bulls. So maybe a little pessimistic on them for the next couple of weeks. Don't worry. The playoffs should be good. Uh, the start of the season, it was 42.5 for the Bulls' win total. The local bettors were correct. That's going to go over the adjusted number up to 49.5, and, and that's where uh, there could be some disagreement there. Uh, what about your Sixers? Is this going to work with Harden? We, we've got enough intel over the years where you would say, okay, yeah, the superstars are getting together, but it's going to take a little bit of time. Do they have enough time with this version of James Harden? I struggle to say yes. I want to say yes, but I had a lot of concerns about James Harden, you know, even before thinking about this crunch time with all the foul changes, it really has been a tough season for him. You know, he does continue to get to the line, um, which is pretty fantastic, honestly. Um, You know, he's still been a very good player, but he's got that hamstring injury, which has always been a problem for him. We know that conditioning isn't necessarily, you know, something that he really focuses a lot on. So I wonder if honestly, the biggest problem is there's not enough time maybe to get his hamstring where it needs to be. I mean, his effective field goal percentage is down below 50% for the first time in a while, honestly down below 54% for the first time in, you know, almost four or five seasons, all of his shooting percentages across the board are down. So I wonder if you take into account the re, you know, the rehab he has to do, the fact that he struggled this season anyway, and the fact that he has to gel in it, it could be a little too much for the Sixers to overcome, but they've got Joel Embiid and you put Joel Embiid there out on the floor and James Harden really only has to worry about offense. It's unbelievable what Embiid unlocks other guys to do, given how good he is defensively. So I try to remain optimistic, despite the fact that I'm not 100% sure that this is the season we'll see Harden Embiid magic. Uh, given what we heard from the New York City mayor the other day would make you think that, okay, maybe Kyrie Irving is going to be able to play some home games for the Nets. But should Brooklyn remain the Eastern Conference favorite like they currently are? There's a lot to unpack there because the question, should they be the, the favorites? No, I, I don't think so. I expect Kyrie Irving to play in some of those home games, whether they, you know, quote, change the rules or not. It was my understanding that there's some kind of fine he can pay and still play, but mm-hmm. they just haven't engaged in that yet. So I assume that will be sorted out come playoff time. But even if they do, I mean, I talked about kind of the top end of Brooklyn already and you know what they can really unlock at their biggest potential, but we haven't seen that yet. We haven't really seen them develop. Um, we know that Milwaukee is really solid. I would have, you know, kind of Milwaukee and Brooklyn pretty tight next to each other as favorites with the Sixers closely behind. But you look at the odds, there's still some value here in the Milwaukee Bucks. And it's just the nature of the beast. I mean, books have taken Brooklyn Nets money for months and months and months and months. And they just don't want any more Brooklyn Nets money. And <laughs> that's really what keeps them anchored as the favorite. So you have to remember that in the futures market. It's a little less predictive of what actually happens and more predictive of kind of what's in the portfolio already this season. So make sure you add some bucks while we get them at a discounted price. Yeah, and if you want value, you're going to have to take some stances. Philadelphia, is that going to work? Brooklyn, is it going to work there? What about Miami when they finally get their entire crew together? What about Chicago? Is They're still dealing with a couple of injuries. Uh, in the East, and it is funny, you mentioned it, how the conference is finally better than the West. I don't think many people saw that coming this season, but here we are. and It is so much more fascinating than the West. Uh, do you have a list of buy? 
the list of sell teams uh, moving forward? Yeah, as you start to look at the rest of the season, I think the Hawks are in a really good shape. Again, as you look at those adjusted regular season win odds, I would start to buy some shares in the Hawks. They're finally starting to get healthy. Their schedule really loosens up over the next handful of weeks. So I'm happy to back the Hawks here. The Cavaliers are a little bit of a sell team. You start to look at their odds, you know, the streak they had at the beginning of the year, I think has really driven their market pricing up higher than it should be. You take into account kind of the cluster injury they have from a guard position. It's really tough for them. Any particular night they're missing Darius Garland and Karis LeVert, let alone one of the two. So I think now is the time to be a little bearish on the Cleveland Cavaliers. If you look in the Western Conference, um, I'm really excited about Memphis and to see what they can do through the second half of, of kind of what's a beatable schedule. I'm going to continue to go against the Jazz. Um, they just struggle. And, and if even one of these guys is injured, like you saw when Mitchell or Gobert was out, things fall apart really quickly. And I'm excited to see what the Mavericks can do. I'm not quite at a buy position on the Mavericks yet, mm -hmm. but I, I thought that the moves they made at the deadline and the way they reorganized things could be pretty interesting. And, and Luka Doncic looks like he might be locked in maybe a little bit earlier than he is most of the season. So waiting to buy there on the Mavericks, but that's what I'm feeling about all those teams. You know, with the Grizzlies, I feel like a lot of people are inclined to think, okay, great, great season for John Moran. Look at him coming on the scene. Uh, there was a time in uh, when he was involved, uh, truly involved in the MVP conversation, probably not going to win it, but maybe he could go top five. You mentioned the schedule and you're right. It is top five easiest remaining schedules why are we so quick to move on from memphis and say good job good effort guys but you're you're not quite ready for this i wonder okay. if part of that is a carry over from you know preseason thoughts one of the things that it's tough for people to get over what they brought into the season and a lot of people i think were really surprised by memphis um it was a team that i backed preseason i thought they were in a really good spot to take advantage of kind of a soft division and a dallas team that wasn't in a great spot early in the season like they have so i wonder if people look at it and go well they overachieved for the first you know two-thirds of the season and things will come back to what we thought preseason but I think, again, people are really missing not just how good John Morant is, but the rest of that team. It's really deep. They have a lot of defensive wings. They have a couple big men in Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson who are both very mobile and, you know, have no problem kind of going out and trying to guard, you know, people on the wing. Clark, not so great at it, but Jackson is, a you know, a dark horse candidate for defensive player of the year. I'm not sure he'll win, but he's going to get a lot more votes than people expected. So I'm happy, you know, people are going to continue to be down on Memphis. I'm happy to keep taking advantage of that. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest this morning, Alex Christensen, underscore noops on Twitter. Check out Brown Bag Bets, Ace NBA Previews. As well. Uh, Injury is a big storyline in the Western Conference. Up top, you've got uh, Chris Paul. <laughs> he, he was good enough to play in the All-Star festivities, but uh, now he's got to sit. We're waiting on Draymond with Golden State. Jokic has been superb. Now are, are his running mates going to return and when and, and how are they going to look upon returning? How do you view those few teams uh, waiting on some positive injury news and, and what they're going to be? Pretty disappointed that the odds haven't moved too much on the Phoenix Suns with the Chris Paul injury. I thought maybe we'd get some value on them. They continued to be my pick to win the West. Golden State had a great start to the season, um, but Draymond has really struggled. Clay Thompson has started to slow down a little bit. Again, the fatigue of 
missing two seasons and dealing with all that injuries starting to perk up. You know, the Warriors are still dangerous. The Suns are the front runner, but the Denver Nuggets are just lurking. I mean, Nikola Jokic gets better and better and better. They were able to put some more shooting around him by adding Bryn Forbes. They finally have some healthy guards, which gives him more space. And if either Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. can come back, you know, a couple weeks before the playoffs, get some reps in, it's a really dangerous team. So I'm not buying on them yet. Again, it's contingent upon them getting at least one of Murray or Porter Jr. back. But keep your eye on the Denver Nuggets. They're going to be a very dangerous team in a Western Conference that, to me, looks pretty wide open once you get past Phoenix. Yep, I agree with you. I like it. Uh, what about these conference seating markets? This is a lot of fun, and, and it's been available uh, throughout much of the season. We see it available once again where you've got your team and you pick the specific seed that you think they're going to head into the playoffs with. Is there any value out there? You know, in, in the Eastern Conference that we pay so much attention to, boy, the top five can go anywhere. They really can. It's tough. You look at the number one seed, the Heat are favored there, which makes sense. There might be just a touch of value in the Milwaukee Bucks as they continue to try to push up the rankings here. They're only two and a half games back of the Heat. And, you know, if the Heat can stay healthy, maybe. But I think there's some value there in the Bucks, maybe to be the one seed at plus 650. In the West, again, even with Chris Paul missing, the Suns are the six and a half game lead. That's just too much for those teams to catch up. I mean, minus 1,100 is a pretty big price. I mean, maybe for fun, if you're a Warriors fan, grab some of that 30 to 1 is kind of interesting. You look down the row a little bit, you know, maybe the value then comes kind of in that second seed. The Grizzlies only plus 140 to get that second seed. Again, just a game and a half behind a Golden State team that might be struggling a bit. So take a look at kind of those. And then as you go further down, it's just it's so hard to figure out with with some of these teams because, again, it has to be the exact seed. So I try to focus on the top two, maybe just a touch of value again in the Milwaukee Bucks to be the one seed in the East, the Grizzlies to be the two seed in the West. So it looks like the MVP is a four player race. We're all taking a look at that MVP straw poll, which was posted a week ago in the beginning of the season. It was Steph Curry as your significant favorite. And now your guy Embiid is the favorite, but it's really close between first place votes among likely MVP voters, Embiid and Jokic. So uh, as long as he can stay healthy, it's Jokic's season, right? We haven't seen voters be reticent to give people back-to-back MVPs. Um, Steph Curry got two, Giannis got two. I can't remember if his were back-to-back, but multiple MVPs is not something the voters mind doing. So I think it probably is a two-man race between Embiid and Jokic. Embiid has been, I think, more impressive from a highlight perspective. His team continues to have a little bit of a better record. The Sixers have had, again, from a media perspective, remember, this is a media voting award. The Sixers have maybe had a little more adversity than than the Nuggets, as crazy as that might sound. I think some people probably have that belief, but it's Jokic, it's Embiid. You know, Giannis maybe has an outside chance of four to one. Steph Curry, with Draymond Green being out the rest of the season, might be able to show out, has a touch of value at 10 to 1. But, mm-hmm. you know, maybe grab a little bit of Jokic if you have some Embiid. Otherwise, all these numbers look just about right to me. Uh, you're right about back-to-back winners. Good point. Giannis was back-to-back. You had Steph, uh, LeBron back-to-back a couple of times. Steve Nash, Tim Duncan. So, yeah, yeah, voters don't mind doing that at all. But it, it does feel like now – they're just bored by Giannis. Oh, you, you got your multiple MVPs. We're just bored by you. So we're not going to give you the vote. 
it's tough. I mean, I guess they're just not impressed anymore. I, it's, I'm yeah. still impressed. He gets better and better every single season, but I guess that's what it is. You just, you're great all the time and it's boring to people after a while. I'm, I don't know. We're just spoiled. What about any other awards that might hold some value? If you look at the odds, they suggest, okay, six man's done. Rookie of the year, probably the same thing. Likely, unfortunately for me, most improved player is going to go to Jaws since he's not going to get the MVP. Uh, but coach of the year seems pretty wide open. Any other uh, awards grab your eye? Yeah, we'll talk about coach of the year just a touch in a second. MVP, again, we just covered. Grab yourself some Jokic if you don't have Embiid. Rookie of the year, man, Mobley minus 750. I guess that is probably locked up with only 20 games left. He would really have to be poor. I still wonder if Barnes at eight to one Cunningham at eight to one might have just a touch of value. Most improved player. Again, it seems like it's going to be Morant. you know, maybe keep an eye on Garland or Anthony Simons, but I just think they're probably too far behind at this point. Hero looks like kind of a lock to me to win six man defensive player of the year. Gobert's the favorite. Maybe Giannis at four to one might have just a touch of value, but Coach of the year is, is kind of interesting. You know, Monty Williams here is the pretty heavy favorite. You know, as I start to look at the standings, generally what you're looking for is in the history of coaches of the year, you want a team that has a top three record in the league, beat the regular season win total and improve their record year over year, or is Tom Thibodeau. He is the exception that proves the rule of kind of those mm-hmm. three rules. Um, Williams, obviously in great shape. You know, they have the best record in the league, you know, by quite a margin at this point certainly deserving of the award, but I would take a look maybe at Spolstra and maybe at Billy Donovan. And both of them are pushing to get the one seed in the East. They're definitely going to be well above expectations. And then the other look, again, if you think Memphis can be good and continue to make a push, Taylor Jenkins, a little further down the list, is worth a look as well. So coach of the year, as we saw last year, can change at a dime. I mean, it was Monty Williams or Quinn Snyder all year long. So don't be afraid to think that things might change. Let me throw a long shot idea at you. What if it works right away for your Sixers and they get the one? Can Doc win it at 60 to one? They would really have to put on a tear. He would definitely get attention for sure. He's a media darling. He gets votes every year for this award, whether he deserves them or not. So uh, that's as good of a long shot as any. Again, if you think the hard thing's really going to work out, that's a fantastic way to attack that angle. All right. So if we're looking at buying teams, meaning – reaching the NBA Finals, winning the title. Where are we going? I heard some clues where you are going to go. You're already holding some uh, some nice tickets, but uh, just to clear it up for the people, what do you think? If we're looking at futures, you're looking for some championship tickets, start getting some bucks tickets. They're at seven and a half to one. Anything seven to one or better looks great to me. I think people are sleeping a little bit on them given they had a slow start to the year. They still have one of the best, if not the best roster in the league. They have three of the best players, one of the bigger, better big threes. They have the experience and they have the least question marks of any team in that conference. So grab some bucks at seven to one or better to win the title and or at three to one or better to win the conference. I think that is really just the best number out there. You start to look at some other numbers, keep an eye on the Phoenix Suns. You know, if their conference number floats out above like two and a half to one, grab some of that. If their title number floats out to better than four and a half to one, grab some of that. But again, I think it's really bucks that have the best value in the futures market right now. It's the best number it's been all year, right? Pretty close. It's been up and down. I think the bucks for the conference peaked right around four to one. So you're a little behind that. And the championship number, I think, was nine to one. So you're pretty close to the top. 
Okay, very good. Alex Christensen underscore noops on Twitter. Find his work, Brown Bag Bets, on a daily basis. Also, Ace NBA previews. Alex, best of luck the, the rest of the way with all your futures and your bets on a daily basis. Thanks, Joe. You too. Good luck to everybody. Let's have a great last couple of weeks before the real season starts. All right, we got you covered on the professional hardwood. A lot of college hoops right around the corner. But next, we hit the ice with Chicago guy, Alex B. Smith with some NHL betting advice. Keep it here on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. The Score listener line is open 24-7, 365 and powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Welcome back on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Sports Radio 670 The Score, Saturdays 8 to 9 a.m. on Twitter at Joe Ostrowski, my guy, Alex B. Smith, big White Sox fan, but more importantly, a strong hockey handicapper. He shared some angles to consider, and I started off by asking Alex about the most fascinating NHL storyline of the moment on BetQL Daily. Well, I mean, there's a couple of them right now. I think the most interesting one is, is in the Pacific Division. Uh, you look at, you know, who's at the top right now, the Calgary Flames. They brought in Daryl Sutter to kind of change things around. Now, you, all of a sudden, you know, they've got 30 wins on the year, 66 points. They lead that division. They're four points ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, a team that everybody kind of always just feels they're going to be the favorites in that division with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. They struggled for a while, and now they're back in that playoff race. Then you've got the L.A. Kings, a uh, team that seemed to be maybe two or three years away, made some you know great draft picks, has a, a good young core they seem to be ready to play right now. They're actually, uh, you know, a team that's in hunt for the wild card in the West. So I think that's the most interesting storyline. If you look on the flip side in the East, looking at teams like Florida and Carolina, kind of continuing their dominant run. We saw, of course, with the, the uh, shakeup last year, they were division mates in the Central Division. Now they're leading their respective uh, regular divisions in the Atlantic and Metropolitan. So we got a lot of races right now, a lot of close battles. It's a great time of year. Uh, to follow hockey, you know, we got everything condensed now too. With of course the schedule being uh, a lot of games being made up this month, and now going back into that regular schedule, it's going to be a crush of games between now and the end of April. Going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Alex, there are a lot of people that are uh, swooping in on other sports right now. That now that the football season's come to a close, uh, a little post Super Bowl, maybe they took a break, and now they're figuring out, all right, do I want to jump into the NBA, college hoops, or NHL? Uh, from a betting perspective. What has caught your eye the most uh, so far this season? You know, this year it's been, a, for me personally, it's been a lot of live wagering. Then it's been a lot of wagering with the three-way line, and that's widely available nowadays. With, you couldn't find that maybe a few years ago, but, you know, you look for, for you know teams to either win within 60 minutes or if the game is going to go into overtime. And like I said, because you've got a lot of teams that are really close in the standings, uh, you know, they need that those points in the, in the standings. So you see a lot of three-point games. I mean, the game goes overtime, you know, winning team gets two points, the loser gets one. You're going to start to see a lot of these teams, if, if you got a game that's tied 2-2 two to two or 3-3 three to three in the last five minutes of the third period, they're not going to really risk it and, and try to, to you know, uh, make a mistake and end up losing that game in regulation and coming away with zero points. They're going to probably slow things down. You're going to see that game going to overtime, and they'll – you know, figure out who gets the win there, be it overtime or the shootout. So that's something that's cashed a lot. The regulation draw, you can see uh, prices anywhere between plus 280 up to plus 350. And there's a lot of teams. There's actually a matchup tonight that I really like to go into overtime. Uh, That's something that I've been cashing with quite a bit this year. 
you know, uh, who's been the biggest disappointment this season? Like, there, there are some teams that have really underperformed. I mean, you met Chicago. I mean, the Blackhawks, is that a team that just needs to blow it up and start all over again? They, it's, it's an organization that doesn't avoid controversy and clearly can't win either. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, everything seemed to be, you know, moving high at the beginning of the year for the Hawks. Getting Mark Andre Fleury for literally nothing uh, seemed like that was going to be a great move. Seth Jones with a long-term deal. And, and, you know, we were thinking, okay, Jonathan Taves is going to come back. to he be fully healthy? But obviously he's had his issues with concussions and other things. It seems like it might actually be his last year, potentially. That's, that's just my, my gut feeling with that. So the Hawks, yeah, they're going to have to finally, you know, the, the dynasty's long since gone. And they're going to have to kind of blow things up. But uh, the Montreal Canadiens, I think, are an extreme disappointment as well. I mean, this team had just made the Stanley Cup final. And all of a sudden, yes, okay, they're out without Shea Weber. They're without Carey Price. But to see them fall and be literally, you know, one of the worst teams, the worst team in the NHL right now with only 11 wins, uh, I did not see that coming at all. I thought they were going to be a, a, a much tougher club this year. They just don't have it. And, of course, the coaching changes, they're back and forth. Martin St. Louis got them playing a little, a little bit more energy and effort these last two or three games, but we'll see how, how that lasts moving forward. Alex, you hear all sorts of things once you get to the postseason, like puck luck and anybody can win it. Do you buy into that? When talking about college hoops, we talk about how deep is the list, the list of teams that can actually win the cup at the very end. So how deep is it and which teams presently uh, hold the most value in the futures market? I mean, yeah, no, I, I I totally do believe in that. You look a few years ago, look at the St. Louis Blues. They were a team that January 2nd uh, of 2017, they were in last place. They turn around and, and win a Stanley Cup based off of a coaching change and a hot goalie. And sometimes those are the things you need. If you, you've got the right coaching, you've got some depth, you know, scoring in, the, in, the, in your lineup, and you've got a hot goaltender, you can definitely make a run. A team like, a, like the Minnesota Wild, for example, uh, their depth is getting stronger as they go along. Goaltending is a little bit shaky right now. They're a team that, if they can solidify play a net, if either Talbot gets better or they make a move, they could make some noise because everybody in that central division is thinking, oh, it's the Colorado Avalanche's division to lose. But you got teams like Minnesota and Nashville uh, that could really kind of make some noise. So any team that gets hot uh, at the right time, yeah, that's really what it's all about. You know, you start talking about these seven game series. All you need is a couple of guys to get hot scoring wise and, and a good goaltender to, to keep you along. Absolutely love it. Hey, what's what's the one team that you think is going to surprise people going forward? Is there anybody out there that no one's really talking about that people should pay attention to? Uh, like I mentioned, the Minnesota Wild. I mean, right now they're sitting third in, in the Central Division. They are definitely a team, especially if they, that it's important that they try to at least get home ice advantage in, in the first round, if not further, because they're a team like just like Dallas. They play much better at home than they do on the road. They're a team that, that I think a lot of people have kind of been overlooking of, of late because uh, we've seen them when they get into the playoffs, they've kind of collapsed within the first or second round. They definitely have enough talent, enough offense to make some noise. Like I said, the goaltending needs to get a little bit better, but they have the offense to definitely uh, make some noise and maybe pull an upset off or two moving forward in the, in the Western Conference. Alex, you know what's been an amazing uh, this season? I don't know if it's like this every year, but the awards markets and how they've moved. I, like one day I'll, I'll start to hear some of my hockey buddies talk about, oh, you look at this guy to win Ross or look at look at this guy to win this award. And you'll see him at 75 to one. And then you check back the next day and it's 30 to one. Like that's been happening all season. Have you noticed the same stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And I know one of the, the biggest moves and I was able to kind of jump on it before uh, I got hay- haywire, but was Alex Ovechkin. I have him, uh, you know, tickets on him to win the Rocket Richard trophy for most goals and uh, the Hart trophy for MVP. 
it's just incredible. At 36 years old, the, the tear that he was on at the beginning of the year, he's cooled off a little bit, but the tear that he had been on for, for most of this year was is just unbelievable. 62 points on the season, 31 goals. Uh, you know, obviously everybody's you know looking at him. You know, with these next few years, can he catch up and 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 break Wayne Gretzky's record for most goals in history? I do think that's the case. And if Washington's gonna you know try to make some noise, they kind of slumped a little bit. They want to make some noise in that Eastern Conference. They're gonna need him to kind of get back into the fray of things. So uh, that club goes wherever number eight goes. So you know, if you have a ticket on him, he's definitely one of those guys that I think you know he's definitely gonna be a finalist in my eyes for the Hart Trophy, but. If he can, you know, get that team kind of back in gear and, and get back to the scoring streak he was on at the beginning of the season, he might end up winning that hard trophy. You know, talking about futures, what team do you think has the most value to maybe sprinkle a flyer on going forward to win the uh, Stanley Cup? Uh, well, I mentioned the Minnesota Wild. I think that's going to be probably your best bet of value in the West. Looking at the East, uh, you could probably get some good value. And oddly enough, if you look at a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins, this team, they just, you know, they get older every year. You think, okay, maybe this is the time where we finally see Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin fall off. They're guys that often end up getting hurt during the regular season, but they have so much depth. Those third and fourth line guys really step up when they end up being out of the lineup. And Tristan Jari, you know, they don't really have a comeback player of the year award in the NHL, but I would I have to give it to him. This is a guy who, you know, they're trying to run him out of Pittsburgh last year with that the horrible playoff series he had, which is not one of the better, you know, goaltenders in the league. All of a sudden, he's now, you know, one of those guys possibly mentioned even to be in the Vezina Trophy uh, finalist. He's definitely really made some big strides in that Pittsburgh team, just four points behind the Carolina Hurricanes in that Metropolitan Division. Pittsburgh might actually be able to make one more deep run uh, to a cup before it's all over with with, the, with that core of Malkin and Crosby. So there's no blues? Is there a blues that I can find uh, with a big hefty number here that could just get in and make a run? I mean, that's, it's possible. Like I said, you know, it, the teams that I have circled in the West, other than Minnesota, like I said, the Pacific Division, I think, is what's going to be the, the kind of the, the noisiest. Uh, so looking at maybe like a, a Anaheim or, or a L.A., you can get a good value number, but I just don't think that they have enough to make it deep into the postseason. So, you know, you, you'll have a, a, a good ticket in hand, and maybe you can, you know, kind of manipulate and hedge it a little bit. But I really think that the teams we're seeing at the top right now, the Colorados, the Minnesotas, the Carolinas, the Floridas, they're the ones that are going to be really there in the mix at the end of it. Some good ideas with the NHL trade deadline about a month away. That was Alex B. Smith on BetQL Daily weekdays, 8 to 11 a.m. on the BetQL Network and the BetQL Daily Podcast. There's a resolution in the 2021 Kentucky Derby, and it's not great. Jim Miller next on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Start your sign-up process for an account on the PointsBet app today. Registration is then easy to complete at one of our three convenient sportsbook locations, the most in and around Chicago more than any other sportsbook. Whether you stay and play or bet and go, come experience the top sports betting locations in Illinois. Points Bet Sportsbook at Hawthorne Racecourse, the closest sportsbook to downtown Chicago's Points Bet Sportsbook in Crestwood, the only sportsbook in Chicago South Suburbs. Points Bet Sportsbook in Prospect Heights, Illinois' newest sportsbook. Points Bet, where signups, cash deposits, and withdrawals are fast. And maybe if you're lucky, over at Hawthorne Racecourse, the Points Bet Sportsbook over there, you'll run into our weekly contributor, Jim Miller. And Jim. Next Saturday's the big day. Remote registration is official. We had it for a short period of time, but now as we get more and more sports books for good, 
Uh, it starts on March 5th. You do not have to do the in-person sign-up. So if there are any any apps that you want, including PointsBet, you have not signed up for, you can do it from your home. Yeah, and Joe, I think this is a really good thing for the fact that we've talked time and again about finding value and shopping your prices and seeing where you can really kind of catch that little edge on some of the others. We talked about at the start of the NFL season where PointsBet for the first month and a half had no juice on all the NFL games. That was a big reason to play on points, but, but you want to do this. You want to have the ability and the capabilities to shop around. And I think it's something that's going to make things really kind of competitive throughout the industry in the state of Illinois, but also it's something where I think it's going to make a lot of these providers really have to look at those odds, maybe offer different boosts, maybe offer better boosts, but maybe get a little bit more aggressive too, and that's something that could really kind of play to the hand of the player if you're really kind of watching out and kind of shopping around. I know you love your Bulls basketball, and I was chuckling the other day as we were finally starting the post-All-Star break portion of the season. And DeMar DeRozan has become so popular here <laughs> in Illinois among sports bettors and, and all NBA fans, but particularly among sports bettors that he has his own featured section on the points bet app. If you look to your left on a day that the bulls are playing, there's a section monster of the mid range. And you have a bunch of options where you can bet on DeMar DeRozan to score 35 plus 40 plus 45, uh, 35 plus and shoot at least 50%. Uh, he's taken the city by storm. Here's the thing. I look at that one, Joe, 35 plus and 50% was that plus 375. Look at what he's been doing. What is it? Seven consecutive games going into this weekend. I believe he was able to put up those numbers and, and he's a guy he he's deadly from mid-range. He doesn't launch up a lot of threes, which doesn't bring his field goal percentage down. He just has that ability to kind of knock down that 15 to 18-footer and does it time and again and again. I think it's really cool that he has kind of taken the city by storm. And I think it's cool that you have this promotion. But to me, that's the one that actually I still think provides some value because he's the guy putting the scoring punch up, especially with Zach Levine kind of nursing that knee. And DeMar DeRozan, when it goes to the fourth quarter, they're going to him, but look at how many times he gets to the line as well, too. And that's something that's not going to hurt your field goal percentage, but it's going to help your point total, too. I, th I think it's a great promotion. Some of our listeners are going to cash those over 41 and a half, over 42 and a half wins for the Bulls. They're just a handful of victories away. That's not in question, but what is cool is they reposted win totals for every NBA team. I couldn't find a Suns number because of the Chris Paul injury, but that was the only one that was excluded. Uh, the adjustment after the Great Bull start, it closed at 42.5 when we started the season, but at the All-Star break, it gets reposted at 49.5, and I know some people like you thought that was way too low. I thought it was too low because here's the thing. The Bulls have been surprising everyone all season long, and what we talked about is, they're pretty much beating every team they're supposed to beat. And then they're starting to beat some of those teams that you weren't quite sure about. So they went into the all-star break, 17 games over 500 at 38 and 21. That number is 49 and a half. Like you mentioned, that means with just 23 games left, they just had to go 12 and 11 to go over that number. And I know you've said, well, it's a very tough schedule. And I agree with you there too, but you know what, again, continue to just beat the teams you're supposed to beat and knock off, what, two or three of those teams that could be questionable, and that gets you to that 12-win mark, and that puts you over for this total. While the Bulls were all the rage early on in the season, they weren't talked about at the trade deadline because everybody else got better. 
and they did nothing. They're waiting for their guys to return. And if you're betting on the over, you're betting on them without Lonzo Ball. We're still here in at least a couple weeks away. You mentioned the tough schedule, and the defense is getting worse and worse without Ball and Caruso. So I, I think those are some of the reasons. I actually think it's a fair number, but what they're telling you is the Bulls are not a top three, top four team in the East. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score weekly contributor Jim Miller is here. Jim, we have big news. We have a new winner. The winner of the 2021 Kentucky Derby is not Medina Spirit. So nope. we get to uh, cash all those mandaloon tickets, right? Nope. <laughs> you do not get to cash all those mandaloon tickets. And here's the thing. And that's the thing about horse racing too, Joe. It's a recency thing. Once that race goes official, that's how the payouts are posted, and it doesn't change after the fact. And you talk about it, there was the drug positive that came out after the fact for Medina Spirit. That didn't get solved until this past week, where Medina Spirit finally was disqualified. Bob Baffert was suspended for 90 days, and Medina Spirit was stripped of the title for the Kentucky Derby. So Mandaloon is your Kentucky Derby winner, but... Everybody last year who had those tickets on Medina Spirit, they all cashed. Everybody who had it on Mandaloon, they didn't cash. And yes, there's going to be some people that are definitely going to try to take some action in the courts and that, but it's just the way things work with paramutual racing and horse racing. It's not going to change. And it's one of those things where for as many people that won, there were as many people that lost. And uh, it's, yeah, we have a new Derby champ, but we're not going to have any different payouts from last year's Kentucky Derby at all friend of mine put down a $100 trifecta bet with Mandaloon winning and with the other results, 44K payout. Yep. Missed out on. That's just yep. one example. 11 to $12 million was bet on Medina Spirit. Yeah, right. Those tickets all won at 12 to 1. And I know a lot of people who did bet Medina Spirit as well. And that's the thing. They definitely cashed. And, and here's the thing about Joe. It, it happened on racing's biggest stage. It happened in the yeah. Kentucky Derby. And because of that, there's so much talk about it. The same thing happened a few years prior when maximum security was disqualified for interference in the Derby. And that was the favorite. The amount of money that changed hands based on that decision as well was a huge amount. But that happened with an in-race infraction. Because this happened post-race, Unfortunately, it doesn't change the payouts for the race. Mm. And the big question that really does happen in racing, Joe, with something like this, at what level, what threshold for the drug that was found within Medina Spirit, is it really deemed performance enhancing? That's the biggest question mark just within the, the entire industry as a whole. And I still think it hasn't really truly been determined. But at the same time, they violated the rules. Yeah. You're stripped of the title. You pay back the purse money, but it doesn't change anything for the betters. I know this is your business, this is your passion, but uh, if people come up to me and say that I'm never betting on the Kentucky Derby again after a beat sure. like that, I get it. I understand. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's on the short list of sports that can't afford to have headlines like this. Right, and, and it is, but at the same time here, if you think about it, go back to baseball, for example. Say you bet mm -hmm. any win totals in the past on the Giants with Barry Bonds. Or even going I, earlier. I was than including that. baseball on that short list. Yeah. Well, there you, <laughs> you go. Know? And 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 anything along those lines. But you see, because you do have PEDs that do happen in a lot of other sports, it definitely can impact the game. But yes, for horse racing, it's one of the things where again it happened on the biggest stage. It's something that's definitely not good for the sport by any means. And and I totally agree with you there. And it's one of those things where 
you can't really find out what the right answer is because in an instance like this, especially the Derby, it's the biggest race. The largest amount of money is wagered on the Derby of any race on the year. Mm -hmm. You can't ask everybody to have to hold on to their tickets until all the post-race drug tests come back because then you're going to be waiting weeks, possibly months with appeals, what, nine months now? So it's one of those things where it's it's just, it is, it's truly unfortunate. It's unfortunate it happened on that stage, but I wouldn't fault anybody if they did state that they're not going to uh, wager on racing because of that instance too. Well, Jim Miller, I think you're going to give us a winner and there won't be much controversy. What are we thinking today? Well, we almost went three for three again last week. We had two winners and then missed by a nose with our third shot, but we got three horses today. We're betting them all only to win. And we're going off-site for all three races. So we're starting at Aqueduct Racecourse, race number eight, bet the one, green light, go to win. Then go to Gulfstream, race number six, bet the six, Latrushka to win. And then in the Derby prep this week, it's the Rebel Stakes at Oaklawn Park, race number 11, bet the two, and Newgrange to win. And this is an interesting one, Joe, because this is a Bob Baffer-trained horse who is in a Derby prep. But even if the horse wins, the horse cannot earn points to get into the gate for the Kentucky Derby. So they'd basically be looking to win this race, take the purse, and probably point to the Preakness instead. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse and Points Bet Sportsbook. Let's do it again next Saturday, Jim, when we have remote registration in the state. You got it, Joe. Good luck. And just because football's over, the betting doesn't stop. It's, it's not like football ever ends anyways. Come by next week if you haven't bet on the NFL draft. I want to dabble early on. It's a good value, and it's a lot of fun on draft night. So pay attention. Appreciate the Alex's, Alex Christensen on the NBA, Alex B. Smith on the NHL for dropping by. Hear me throughout the week right here on The Score in weekdays, 8 to 11 a.m. on BetQL Daily, the Odyssey app under the BetQL network, and 105.9 FM HD2. Subscribe to the BetQL Daily podcast. Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next. Let us know if we should take a look at some of those early World Series bets. Hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Cash some tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.